Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Anybody get saved? I appreciate that song. I, you know, the every seems like every part of every verse just speaks directly to to what happens when a person gets born again. Um, now I know what that's about, so there, there's something that bears witness in me, and so I sure appreciate the song tonight. Turn with us to Second Corinthians. Uh, Want to be faithful to the text tonight and give you the whole chapter. And I'm uh, going to do that just as quickly as we can and uh, trust that the Word of God is uh, finds its mark. Um, I need it. Uh, there's a, I can't remember this, the text exactly, but it goes something like this, that the, the, the minister, the preacher, uh, gets the first fruits of the message. Uh, that, that means I have to eat it first you know, before I can deliver it and so uh, I appreciate what it's done to me and for me, and uh, I don't even remember exactly how uh, God got me on this particular chapter. But I appreciate all week long it's been uh, it's been my my labor, and I thank Him for it. And I pray that uh, you'll receive it tonight as well. Second Corinthians chapter number four. And uh, when we're finished reading this, I'll ask if you would to keep your Bibles open. We're going to need to to address the text carefully as we go through it, verse by verse, as quickly as we can, uh, so you pray for us. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Mark that. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus 
shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. Mark that. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Father, we pray that you would open your word to our hearts now. Grant us, Father, the unction as the messenger. Lord, make it free. May there be liberty in the delivery. But Lord, most of all, may there be a clarity of mind and speech, and may the word of God go out. And may you speak. May you speak into every heart. May every hearer, Father, be moved by this power. And Lord, may we be changed by it, not just hearers, but doers tonight. Help us, we pray, as we ask you earnestly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter number 4, if you read chapter number 3 and the epistle that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians the second time, there were certainly several matters that were to be addressed. But one of them was that they had attacked or the, the uh, false prophets, the Judaizers that had come into the church in Corinth, had discredited Paul and his ministry. And they had attacked him in several ways and trying their best to disprove what the apostle was doing and the effectual uh, working of his own ministry. And here we find in chapter number 4 that the apostle Paul, he speaks back and he doesn't necessarily brag on himself, but he speaks clearly about what it is that God has called him to do and what he is doing. Now, you might ask yourself the question, well, it sounds like something that you ought to as the preacher, just consume yourself. We really don't need it ourselves, but I can assure you I did, and I have found that it's something needful for all of us. And one of the things that we find, and we pick up from the first verse, and again in verse number uh, 16, is that right? Yeah, we find again where he said, we faint not twice. The apostle Paul gave encouragement to us to never give up. Now, a lot of times in your Bibles, you'll find at the heading of a chapter, there's a title or a, a kind of a subtitle there. Mine actually says, never give up. Never give up. Now, I don't know what's going to come tomorrow. I don't know what another year will bring. I don't know how God is going to change what we know of today, and I hope it to be for the good. I'm certainly encouraged more today than I have been, and I appreciate what he's doing. But I want you to know that regardless of what happens, we have to hang on and not give up. We have to do what the Apostle Paul said. We have to be careful that we don't faint. Now, the term faint simply means to be as one that's dead. And uh, I tell you, in the service of God, we can't be that. Right? There's no place for corpses. There's no place for bodies lying around, obstacles to others, stumbling stones to those that are trying to make their way. What we need to be are children of God that are faithful through the good 
and through the bad. And I understand that that's not the easiest thing. And every one of us in here have been through hard things. And there's probably hard things to go through yet. There's things that we'll experience that will be uh, awful by any estimation. But here's what I can tell you. In all of these things, we need to thank God. We need to be careful to remember that God has called us into this for a particular reason. I want to go uh, verse by verse tonight. Number one, we've been called and we have a work to do. You'll find that in verse number one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. Now, the apostle was crediting God for this. May I say to you today that we ought to recognize that we also have a responsibility to do. We have a work to do, we have a mission, we have a ministry, each one of us. If you haven't identified that yet, you need to be prayerful about it because I believe all of us have a work to do for God. He didn't save you, friend, just to be uh, someone that sits on the bench and nods every now and then. I believe we're to be active and participatory in everything that God would have us to do. The work of God, you see, is not a spectator sport, but it's something you engage in and you're a part of. The apostle said, I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to faint. Seeing that he's called me into this ministry and by his mercy he has done so. Here's what I can say to you, that God didn't make a mistake when he saved you. When he chose you from all of the world and pulled you from the darkness of this world and saved you, he did so with a purpose in mind. And I believe that each one of us tonight have a responsibility to live and do the things that God has called us to do. Now, the Apostle Paul was speaking about himself specifically when he said the ministry that he's called me into. But I just want to challenge you tonight that every one of us have a work. Every one of us have a responsibility. Every one of us have have an important thing that God has laid upon us. You say, I don't really know what it is I need to do. Friend, you need to get right with God and start praying then because I can tell you time's running out and if we're going to do anything we need to get it done the bible said in verses verse number two the apostle paul said that we have work to do in verse number one and then verse number two he tells us what the work is number one but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of god deceitfully Now, each one of those are a topic of its own. But may I say to you that part of the work that we have as men and women of faith is that we renounce the things of this world that are bad, that we stand against them. Now, that's not a popular position, and people will look at you as narrow-minded or bigoted or racist or whatever they want to call it. But I can tell you today that the children of God have got to stand not only renouncing the things of this world that are deceitful and wicked and ungodly, but we also have a responsibility to declare that which is good and which is wholesome and which is pure and which is right. And those are things that have been given you and I through the truth of the Word of God and the light that has shined in our hearts. We have a work to do. I'm afraid that a lot of us, we duck the responsibility of renouncing the evil of this world. We duck the responsibility of standing when, uh, certainly when asked, of standing on what is right and declaring to the world that, hey, there is something greater than your thoughts and my thoughts. There is an eternal right and wrong that has been established. And friend, it doesn't change for you and it doesn't change for me. 
when it comes right down to it, the ministry we've all been called into is what Paul explained in verse number two. He said, number one, to renounce those things that are bad, and number two, to declare the things that are good. And if you had to boil down what we need to go to work at every single day, those are probably the two primary works. To renounce what is ungodly and wicked in this world, and then to declare those things that are good. Verse number three, a verse that we often uh, we often try to remind ourselves of the importance of a ministry. And I can tell you this, if you take your eye off the ball, you're going to end up in a position where your testimony doesn't mean anything to people, right? You, you can live in a way where people watch your life and they, they begin to discredit what God is really about because your life is not zealous for God. It's not zealous for good works. It's not zealous to stand against wickedness and to stand for those things that are right. And if you're not careful, you hide the gospel by hiding from God, by, do, by not doing the things that you've been called to do. But I want you to look at this verse a little differently tonight. Look at it in light of context of what the Apostle Paul is doing. He's saying to them, unbelievers, he's saying to those that have discredited his ministry, he's saying to them, look, God called me into this, and God has given me a work to do, and I am renouncing the evil of this world. And he said, and I am declaring those things that are good to this world. And he said, if our gospel is hid, he said, all I can say to you is it's hid to them that can't see it. Here's what I can tell you today. If you consider your ministry ineffectual, you might consider my ministry ineffectual. But regardless, if I'm doing what God said to do, if I'm living in the way that God said to live, here's what I can tell you. The reason people don't believe is because their minds are blinded to the truth and the word of God. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to say in any way that the gospel doesn't have power. As a matter of fact, what the word of God's going to say tonight is that it has the power and that we don't have the power. Just because we're in the ministry doesn't mean I can make somebody be saved. The apostle Paul said, listen to me. He said, if the gospel's hid, he said, I'm not hiding it. He said, if it's hid, it's because their minds have been blinded. Verse number four. Look at what he said in verse number four. He said, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the, the glorious gospel of Christ would, would shine into their hearts. What he's saying, verse number three said, but if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. And what he's saying is, is the reason that it's hid to them is because they can't see it, because the devil has blinded them to their own ignorance of heart, and they cannot see the light of Christ and be saved. There's people that will sit under gospel preaching and die and go to hell. They will not get saved. They will die without God and prepared to meet him and they will spend eternity in that place. Listen, that ain't because God didn't love them. That ain't because he didn't send his son to die for them. It ain't because Jesus didn't shed blood that was effectual to save them. But brother, I can tell you that the enemy is working in the hearts and the minds of unbelievers and if he can get their mind to a point of, 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 of an, a, a place where they will not see the word of God they'll never get saved and you can stand on a street corner and they do they stand on a street corner and they preach to everybody that's passing by and you know how many get saved not many people gather and 
all across this world every Sunday and every, every Wednesday and Sunday night and all different times, and they preach the gospel. And I have no doubt that God has men everywhere preaching the word of God. And yet we don't experience a revival of revivals. We're not seeing the hand of God working. Well, you know what I can say to you? If the gospel's hid, it's hid to them that are lost. It's because the lost can't see it. They cannot see it. Their minds are darkened to it, and they've been darkened by the wicked one who has come in and has shut their eyes spiritually so that they cannot see. Jesus prayed even in one place, I believe in the book of Matthew, and, and, and as the Pharisees and the proud of heart were, were attacking him and, and they didn't understand the gospel, and Jesus prayed a simple prayer, and he said, Father, I thank you that you've hid the gospel from them. Hid it from them. Hid it from the proud. Hid it from those that were high-minded. Hid it from them that were were of their own nature. And he said, I'm glad that you've shown it to them that are humble, to them that are meek. And say to you today that if the gospel's hid, it's hid because the people can't see it. Not necessarily because you're hiding it. There's a lot of you that are living right and that are walking right and that are doing right. That's what Paul was saying. He said, look, you can point your finger at me. He said, but my ministry was by the mercy of God and I was called of God and I am renouncing evil and I am declaring good. And if people can't see the gospel of Jesus Christ, he said, it ain't my fault. It's because they're blind to it. Now that's what the text says. Verse number four, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which who is who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse number five, for Paul says, for we don't preach ourselves. Right? Now that's an important note, is that when we preach, we're not preaching about ourselves. We're preaching one thing. And he said, that is Christ, right? If you want to challenge my ministry, he said, then examine the message, right? Because I'm not preaching about myself, he said. I'm not, likely as some of them probably were. He said, I'm not preaching about who I am or where I come from or whether I'm of a Benjamin or a Judah or whoever my lineage is. He said, I'm not preaching about me. When I'm preaching, he said, I am preaching about one man, and that is Jesus Christ, who we declare to you to be the Lord. He said, my ministry can be checked at least in part by examining the message, and the message is that it is all about Christ and his glory, and it's all for your sake. He said, as I stand and preach this gospel, he said, I am but the servant of God for you. Now, I don't know if folks recognize or understand that that is the calling of God for a minister, that one that's been called to preach the gospel. But the requirement that that is laid upon them is that they're the servant to the servants. They're the servant to the servants. They're the one that preaches Christ, and we do so for the sake of, of his body. Verse number six. Verse number six, he gives us clearly what it is that he was preaching about. He said, for it's, it is God alone that hath revealed it unto us. And verse number, number seven, he's proven as the treasure in earthen vessels. Let me read it. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, he's being very clear about where the message comes from. It comes from God. He said, when I preach, I don't preach about myself. I am preaching about Christ, and I am preaching for the sake of, of, his, of his church. But he said, when I preach, it is because God is giving me of his own glory. He is sharing me through that light. He is bringing me the message that is the gospel. And he said, that's what we're preaching. And they may say, well, you're boasting in yourself, Paul. No, verse number seven. He says, but we have this treasure in earth and vessels. He said, what I'm saying to you is, is though the message be wonderful and grand, though the message be awesome and awe-inspiring, though the message be able to pierce the hearts of men, he puts it within an earthen vessel. So when you see the man, you know that it was God. Right? Because you see the weakness in the man. You see the struggle in the man. You see the hardship in the man. And you recognize that God has put this great thing into an earthen vessel in order that you might know that it's not, it has nothing to do with the vessel. Right? It's just like this right here. We have this because of what's in it. Right? We do not need several empty bottles on the pulpit tonight. Right? They have no purpose. They have no use. Right? They're just cluttering. They're just in the way. But when they're filled with water, right, what we recognize is that the vessel itself is what is physical. That's that, but what we need is what's inside of it. And the apostle was saying, listen to me. He said, my ministry, if it's in question, I need to let you know that it ain't of me. It's God that is giving unto me. And he proves this because he puts it in a vessel like me that is weak and a vessel that is that, is, that has failures and that is prone to struggle and a weakness of mind. And he said he has put this glorious thing into this earthen vessel that you might know that it is the excellency of the power of God in the way you get the word of God. Oh, how we need to be, how we need, oh, there's no greater desire in my heart than that, right? Than that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us, right? And you know what God will do? God will prove that. And you know, all he's got to do is to touch this flesh in a specific way. All he's got to do is to deal with the frailty of our little minds. And, and, and every one of you understand that that is just an earthen vessel. Right? There's nothing holy about men of God that make us something better than, than anybody else other than he's called us. Because I can tell you the excellency has to always be the message, not the messenger. Never the messenger. <laughs> you understand? Never the messenger. What Paul was saying was, look, I, I'm not coming to you with the enticing words he told the Romans. He said, I got, a, I got one message. And he said, it's about Jesus Christ dying on a cross for you. And he said, I'm coming in the frailness of my own flesh. I come in, in the weakness of my own mind and the struggles and the, and the hindrances and the hardships and the pain that I endure in my own flesh to declare unto you what is truly wondrous and glorious. Verse number four, verse number eight the next uh, four to five verses are simply a reminder that in the service of God, when we truly surrender ourselves to the work, what we can know is that he will not allow us to faint. And you say, well, I, I thought the whole fainting deal was, was incumbent on me 
Just making sure that I, I make sure I don't think. What, what Paul was saying was, look, the one that sustains me is not me, but it's him. And he goes through it. Verse number 8. He says, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. I don't know how you explain that <laughs> other than God, right? I'm, I'm fixing to explain it starting in verses number 13. But, but let, me, let me get through these. He said, we're troubled on every side, but not distressed. He said, we're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. And cast down, but not destroyed. We could preach on each one of those. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Now listen to what he says, verse number 11. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Verse 12, so then death worketh in us, but life in you. The apostle was making it clear. Look, I've been called into the ministry, and there's no illusion in my mind. I'm going to die because of it. Right? James died. Peter died. All the apostles died. Every one of them that stood for God, they all ended up suffering. John was the only one that lived any amount of time, and, and yet he also died. But what Peter or what the apostle Paul was saying here is, look what we're doing. What the men of God that have been called to preach the gospel, they'll end up suffering, and certainly the apostles did. I'm trying to be careful not to put myself in the same category as them. <laughs> oh, no, not even close. They suffered for the sake and the name of Jesus Christ, and they perished. They died. And the apostle Paul said, I will too, right? They ended up cutting his head off. Because he was a man of God, because he was the preacher, because his ministry reached and it was effectual. Because the enemy despised him and persecuted him everywhere that he went. The apostle Paul was persecuted. Stoned, left for dead. How many times he was beaten. All of those different times when probably he should have died and yet God kept him alive and sent him to another city. And here he's humble enough to say that Verse number 12, so then death works in us. But he said it means life for you. No, I'm not in that same category. God chose those men to preach the word of God, and they all died for it. They died for it, but they did so knowing that there was a reason that there was something to it, and they did not faint. They made it to the end. They were, they did what God said for them to do. And in essence, they were troubled on every side, but yet not distressed. They were perplexed, but not in despair. They were persecuted, but not forsaken. They were cast down, but not destroyed. They were always bearing about in their own bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus. They bore his sufferings also, so that the life of Jesus Christ might come through them and into others who would believe and be saved. What a wonderful truth. Verse number 13. So we get back to the question. What keeps us from fainting? What is it that, what is it that keeps us when, when the hard things come and all those things we just read about? 
you know, you, you're thinking to yourself, perplexed but not in despair. And uh, if we're honest, we think I'm often perplexed and sometimes I do despair. You know, ultimately, we don't, we don't despair to the point that we, we abandon the ship. We may get down, but it's not, it's, it's not the kind of down where we're looking over the bridge saying, I think I'll jump. There is something that is always renewing within us. Let me get to it. I want to, I want to spend, the as we close, the next focus on verses 13 through 18. Because the question is, is, how do we answer what keeps us from fainting? And I want to encourage you tonight that that he will sustain you. That it's not all about you. There are some things at work that will sustain you. Number one, look at verse number 13. The grace of faith. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written in the song. He's quoting David here. In the Psalms, he said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. And Paul said, we also believe and therefore we speak. Paul said, one of the things that keeps me from fainting is just faith. Right? The spirit of faith. And what Paul was saying, he said, it ain't a faith that I'm manufacturing. He said, it's the grace of faith. You realize that God imparts faith to us. That's hard to grasp, but he imparts faith. Faith is a gift often. I can assure you that the day you got saved, he gave you some faith. He gave you just enough faith to believe in Christ and be changed forever. The spirit of faith, he said, abides within me. And that spirit of faith is what helps me. When it seems like I can't go any farther, when when truly I'm troubled on every side and perplexed and cast down and persecuted. And he said, when all of these things come, he said, yet there is a spirit of faith that sustains me. There's a power that comes in the simple truth that the Word of God is. (laughs) Has anybody ever been rescued by the Word of God but me? Oh, and it seems like we're going to go down and then suddenly one of those precious nuggets of truth is resurrected within us. And the Spirit of God brings faith simply by bringing me His Word. (laughs) How many times has the promise of God lifted me up out of that horrible pit? So we can say troubled, yes, Perplexed, yes. Persecuted, yes. Forsaken, sure. But he said, I'm not fainting. (laughs) And he said, I'm not taking credit for it. What I'm saying to you is when I start going down, there is a spirit that brings to me faith. And that faith is in this word. And this word has promises. And the promises of God are sure. One of the things that keep us from fainting is simply faith. Now, I don't want to leave this particular verse until we attack what he did. The Apostle Paul quoted in this verse as his reference of support. What he said was, is David said, I believe, therefore have I spoken. That's what King David said. <laughs> and you know what Paul said? He said, I'm just doing the same thing. 
I believe. And therefore, I'm going to keep speaking. Right? I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And, and, and Paul had those, those attacks from every side. Everywhere he went, the devil was trying not just to stop his ministry, but to kill him. Everywhere he went. And yet Paul said, I'm just going to say what David said. I believe. Therefore, I speak. I believe. We underestimate the power of simply believing the word of God. I can assure you of this, when it seems like you're fixing to faint, this will not fail you. (laughs) I was talking to a friend yesterday, and he he asked me if I'd ever been depressed, and I said, no, I don't think so. Not not like you're saying, clinically depressed. He said, I have. He said, I've been there. He said, I've been diagnosed with it and given medicine for it and all that stuff. And he said, uh, he said, there was a lady in our church that was going through the same thing just this last year. And he said, I was able to look her in the eye and say, I know how you feel. And he said, he encouraged her just to know that she wasn't the only one that had ever been in that shape. And he said, uh, she said, what did you do? <laughs> and he said, I read my Bible like it was the only thing I had. He said, every day when I thought I was going down, he said, the word of God would help me. Do you believe that? I do. I believe, and therefore have I spoken. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, look, there's hard things. Ain't no doubt about it. But there's also some things right in here that have declared promises to me. And he said, you know what? I can believe them, and I can state it. I can stand on it. I I ain't going down. The Word of God won't let me go down. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to be as one that's dead. The spirit of faith will help me. Number two, look at verse number 14. Not only is the, the spirit, the faith, he said, but, but he said, we also know that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us, us up too. Right? You know, when it comes right down to the end, what you really need to know is, is if something takes me out, and it will, Will he be able to raise me? You know what Paul's saying? He said, one of the reasons I don't faint is because I ain't really ever going to die. Right? They're going to take my flesh one day. (laughs) And it's going to go back to the dust from which it came. He said, but the Lord Jesus said that those that believe in him would never perish. He said, I've got hope in the resurrection. And that hope saves me time after time. <laughs> Can you imagine the Apostle Paul laying under a pile of rocks, bruised on every part of his body, and they all left him thinking he was dead. And he suddenly comes to himself, wondering, am I alive or am I dead? <laughs> I've never been there. Another reason I want to be very clear, I am not in the category of the apostles. Shake his his head that was bleeding and bruised and, and realized that he was still alive. 
I'd be a good time to say, that's enough. I lived through that. I think I'll just go to the house now. <laughs> that ain't what he did. No, you see, there was something greater that, that, that worked in his heart. He said, the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ keeps me from fainting. Right? Keeps me from fainting because I know that the same one that raised up Jesus will raise me up too. This old flesh, he said, yeah, it'll expire one day, but I can assure you, I ain't going down. The hope of the resurrection. No, it'll And that simple truth sustained him at times and kept him from fainting when he otherwise should have just gave up. Number three, verse number 15. There's a purpose to what we do. One of the things that sustained the Apostle Paul, he says in verse number 15, he said, for all things are for your sakes. Are you grasping the love that he had for these people? He'd go into places knowing that it wasn't going to end well for him. But you know why he did it? Two reasons. And he declares them in verse number 15. Two reasons he said. Number one, he said it was for you. It was for your sake. That I didn't faint. And he said, when I was able just to be sustained by God and to continue preaching for your sake, he said, you got saved. You followed God. And when you did that, you gave God all the glory. He said, so in my life, there are two things that are working that purpose that helps sustain me and keep me from fainting. It was that ever-present knowledge that what I do is for the sake of his church and for the glory of God. And Paul said, for these, th- for these reasons we faint not. These things alone are part of what sustains us when we're persecuted and cast down and distressed and all of these other hard things that happen. He said, we're sustained and we do not faint. Verse number 16, which is where he will say again, we faint not. Verse number 16 is another reason that he did not faint. Number one, let me read verse number 16 for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The apostle saying, regardless of what the outward man goes, goes through, there is a renewing of the inward man day by day. I'm glad that's a true statement. If you think it's bad today, I know what some of you are thinking. Don't say it. If you think it's bad today, let me give you some good news. To 
tomorrow's a new day. And his mercies are new every morning. You know what Paul said? Paul said, though my outward man perish. You reckon he had any scars and bruises and and, and stuff that wasn't going to heal? He said, though my outward man perishes. He said, there's something on the inside that's just like every morning I wake up. It's brand new. It's Jesus all over again. It's life just just grow. <laughs> I know what that's like. Right? You know what it's like to lay your head on the pillow and say, God, are you going to help me? Right? I told you that story. And then before your eyes ever, ever come, God's saying, yeah, I'm going to help you. And you know what? It's the Spirit of God that just renews the inward man, right? The Spirit of God don't necessarily renew the outward man, right? I, I think all of us older we get, the more decrepit we become, and before long we die, right? That's just, that's just the way it is. But somebody that's chasing after Jesus, they just as happy. <laughs> Why? Because the inward man, it ain't dying, it's never dying. Every day, the Spirit of Christ that lives within me, it's renewing me inside. All the way to the point. And I've seen this with my own eyes. That Douglas Self in his late 80s, and they had to, they had to help him by both arms and seat him in this seat. I've seen the Spirit of God on him so great that he wanted to preach so bad. All he could do was just clap his hands. Paul said, though the outward men perish. He said, that, that man on the inside is just getting bigger. He's just getting greater and stronger and happier, right? You, Paul said, you want to know why we don't faint? One of the reasons is because the Spirit of Christ is new every day. And wherever I've got a deficiency or I've got a problem, he said the Spirit of God just renews me. And what I thought I couldn't do, I ended up, I go do it anyhow. Where I thought I couldn't go, I go anyway. Because the Spirit of Christ just renews me. I read an article this week of a lady who wrote, several books, but the latest one she had wrote was on prayer. And they were asking the, the woman, they were interviewing her, and I was just reading the interview. And, and you never know who's who's doing the interview if they're saved or not saved. I believe the woman they was talking to that was writing these books, she she had some solid answers. She seemed saved to me. But but they asked her this question. They said, well, you know, you, you, you've had the privilege of writing the book. What's your favorite prayer? And uh, stuck with me. She said, oh, that's easy. She said, my favorite prayer is, Holy Spirit, help me. That's it. Boy, when I read that, I said, yeah. That's it right there. Every day, he renews me. You ever get down? I do. I get, I get low sometimes. 
But the Spirit won't let me stay there. There ain't no place for a climber, amen, not down there, nope. And he does it. I'm not picking myself up by my bootstraps and saying, get on with it, boy. You've got work. No, it's him. Do it. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, look, I should have been out many times. But he just kept raising me up. Beat to death, stoned to death, thrown off a cliff, shipwrecked, in the middle of the ocean, floating on logs, cold, hungry, naked. And and yet he said, he renews me. (laughs) So the next morning he got up, he said, where do we go today? Let me say it again. Holy Spirit. Help me. We we faint not. Paul said, "No, I'm not fainting. I'm I'm not I'm not fainting." Verse number seventeen. We got two more. Another reason that we faint not for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Think of it this way. A lot of you have 401Ks or some kind of retirement plan and, and you know, you put $10 in it here and, and it works for you. Year after year, that $10 gains anywhere from 6 to 10%. And, and, that, and, and every year it grows and it works for you, right? That, that, that's why they encourage you to put it in there and all that stuff. You know what Paul was saying? He was saying, let me tell you something. There's another reason that I ain't, I ain't laying down. Not only is God working this stuff in me and sustaining me every day like I, I can't lay down, but he said, I'm telling you right now, he said, this, this light affliction, right? right that, that's an oxymoron to me. But he said, this light affliction, this, this stuff that I'm going through, he said, it's working something bigger. He said, every time, I, every time I have to go through one, he said, it's laying up treasures in heaven. And he said, son, there's interest when it gets to heaven. You're talking about growing. He said, it's turning into something so big that when you compare it to here, it makes what's here light. And remember what we've been talking about, shipwreck and dead and, and you know, all those other things the Apostle Paul had, had, had gone through. And yet, in verse number 17, he said, hey, we're not fainting because everything I got to go through here, he said, that's working for me up there. What he said specifically was this. Let me read it. I, this is important. He said, it works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You know what he's saying? He's saying the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And that leads us right into verse number 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. Right? He's saying all these things that that I've gone through, he said those are working for me 
for a, a far more exceeding weight of glory. And he said, that's eternal. That's eternal. He said, one of the reasons that we faint not is, is because we keep our eyes on the prize. We, we quit looking at the circumstantial Right? We quit looking at the pile of rocks that are around us that have just pummeled us. And we keep looking at what's coming. Right, Verse number 18 is a, is a simple reminder. Something that he would say in one of the other epistles. He would say, set your affections on things that are above Right, If you keep your mind and your heart on what's coming, not what's here, because I get it, you're hurting right now. Some of you are suffering right now. Some of you got it hard right now. Some of you don't know from one day to the next what's going to happen. But let me tell you what's going to happen ultimately. He's going to call your name. And you're going to see him. You're going to get the reward that he has promised. His children, Paul said, no, I ain't giving up. I'm not going to faint. He said, he won't let me faint. He's going to sustain me. He's going to keep me. All of those things that we just covered from 13 through 18. He said, but let me tell you something. Regardless, the best is yet to come. He said, so I'm just going to keep my eyes on the things I can't see. Because when you put your eyes on the things you can see, you're going to struggle. And it'll seem like it'll never get better as long as you keep looking at the stuff you can't fix. Right? I'm the world's worst, right? To cry, woe is me. When just one of the devil's rocks knocks me out. And here was Paul saying, I, I'm not going down. Right? I don't know. I, I've always pictured him as kind of you know, not a giant man. Maybe about the size of Steve with a lot less hair. And bad eyesight. Yeah, some say he had a crooked nose, but, you know, you get hammered with rocks over and over, you'd have a crooked nose too. You know what Paul was saying? He said, I... I think I'll just go back to Ephesus. But Paul, they tried to feed you to the lions last time you was there. I believe we'll just go back. The best is yet to come. It's important that we, what Paul said was, we, we don't dwell on the things you can see. Why? Well, he tells you in verse number 18, he said, because they are temporary. Right? And when it comes to what we're, we're all about is not the temporary. 
but the eternal. He says, so get your eyes off that stuff. The good and the bad stuff. Get your eyes off the stuff that's down here. He said, because that stuff's just temporary. He said, no. He said, dwell on that stuff that is eternal. The stuff you can't see. And it'll sustain you. You'll, You'll wake up and say, I can go another day. Now, you might go through the day saying, Lord Jesus, come quickly. But you'll go another day. We're not going down. We're not of them that go back, draw back under perdition, he said in Hebrews. He said, but we're of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We're going to trust him. And by the spirit of God and the word of God and the faith of God and the hand of God, we ain't going down. We can't go down. We're the children of God. We can't go down. So look up. When you feel like you're going to faint, just look back. See all the things that God's doing and will do. He ain't going to let you go no more than he'll let any of his other children go. He's going to sustain us. We faint not, Paul said. Twice. In that chapter, he said, we faint not. Who knows what the future holds? But I can tell you this, I know who holds the future. And that's another reason not to faint. Because regardless of what's going on around us, I know what's, what's above us. There's a God and he's still in control. And he's not going to give up that control And he's never going to be out of control. And I'm in his hand, right? All of these are his word. I'm in his hand, and there's nobody can pluck me out of his hand. These are all things that will rescue us day after day, and it will keep us from fainting. Come get us home. We'll sing a we'll sing a, a verse of a song or two and give you an opportunity tonight if you need to pray, you're welcome to pray. Uh should pray. Right? Shame on you if you don't pray. But I can tell you this, by the authority of the word of God, we're not going down. The, the children of God are gonna we're going up. And I'm grateful that that of all the things the apostle went through, and I've never gone through any of that. And yet he was he was in such a confident, dogmatic way able to say, We faint not. We're not going to faint. We ain't leaving here until he takes us. There's all kinds of things that will sustain us until we get there. We just need to trust him and keep pressing on. I hope that's an encouraging word to you. It was to me, and I need it. Stand with us as we sing. If you're here and need him, obey him. Pray.